Ultra. It's Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. Today, we continue our journey through the filmography of Judd Apatow with Pete Davidson's deeply personal, semi-autobiographical dramedy. It's 2020's The King of Staten Island. And we have no guest. Joining us to talk about grief, weed, and mental health is no one. Not a one. Nope. We will have a surprise guest on the bubble episode. Yes. <laughs> Pedro saved, Pascal. Yeah. Best for, best for last. <laughs> yeah. Somebody. Yeah. yeah. Andrew's a huge fan of the bubble. <laughs> so we're going to uh, have no, on. no guest next week either. Um, not to, not to skip ahead, but I was just thinking right before we started recording, cause we were, you know, we're starting to talk about like, Oh, after this week, blah, 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 blah. Um, I am, so I'm ravenous. I'm hungry to do my homework for the bubble. Oh yeah. Cause like the, the closer we get, to, it seems like it's like, like why? Yes. Yeah. It makes no sense. No, I, the, the thing about it too is like, I honestly, I finished King of Staten Island and I was like, wow, what a great end to the miniseries. And then I was like, Oh shit! That's right. There's oh, one more. Shit. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just it was, keep forgetting about it. <laughs> it was bittersweet. Like not you know because like you know maybe maybe it'll be a a dead man tell no tale situation where you and I end up digging it. You yeah. never know. Yeah. True. But I had the thought when we were ending when I was at, when I was finishing King of Staten Island where I'm like, oh fuck, this is the last real Judd Apatow movie. Right. 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 Like yeah. Yeah, but who knows? I mean, who knows? Maybe he just like wanted to pivot. Maybe he was like, I've done this a bunch of times already. And as we'll talk about, I don't know how you felt. I think he kind of nailed his formula this time. I as comple- I completely agree. I, I will go so far as to say, I think that The King of Staten Island is Judd Apatow's best film. Even if it might not be my favorite. Mm-hmm. I think it's his best. I think it's the one that is like everything that he keeps talking about wanting to do and never quite doing it right. I think he fucking nails it in this one. I agree. I, I thought the same thing of like, you know, in reading all these interviews and commentaries and whatnot, he has such lofty ambitions about wanting to capture real life mm-hmm. and moments of honesty. And, you know, he's saying like, you don't need you don't need these big, huge plot twists or villains. Like real life is dramatic enough. Mm-hmm. And this King of Staten Island was the first time I, I felt those stakes mm-hmm. and could feel the hugeness of a single life. Yeah. And how just deciding to like unfuck your life a little bit can feel like the most triumphant, you know, life affirming thing. It's also, I'm just going to put this out here, please. I, I think it's, 
I guess I guess 40 year old. Well, no, 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 that's not true. So, <laughs> yeah, this is the first Judd Apatow movie where no one in it is rich. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, because I, think because that, I was yeah. going to say I was going to say, well, 40 year old version. They all work at a circuit city. But like, no. Because his fucking girlfriend is rich. She has a house in Los Angeles. She has a house. We talked about Andy's apartment being big. Yeah, right. Like middle class. De- definitely you could say most of the people in that cast are middle class. Right. At least. Right. But like, I was like, why does this feel, King of Staten Island, like, why does this feel so much fresh? Or what, why are the stakes feel bigger? Or why am I, why am I caring about these people? It's like, oh, because like they're not fucking rich. I think he, that's what he realized. I, I honestly think that's what makes this work so well is that I think I don't think Judd Apatow realized that you can't make a movie with small stakes with rich people. Mm, yeah, well put. It's too it's too di- it, like because what are small stakes for rich people? Like it's not it's not this because like they can solve anything with money. So like what are the stakes, you know? It's like yeah. mo- most of the problems that you could a normal person would run into, you can just throw money at that problem. It'll go away. But if you don't have any money, you know, that's a, that's <laughs> becomes a much bigger issue. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, you know, to skip to the end, you know, the movie ends with uh, Pete Davidson's character, Scott, taking his or, you know, following his girlfriend to take her civil service exam. Right. And she's really stressed about it because this yeah. is like the rest of her life. Right. And. You go back to like this is forty. The stakes were like, oh my god, we could lose the house because of this and that. But oh, you know, no, no. oh no, have we'll have to move into a smaller house. Smaller house, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, like or move out of California, like yeah, move to Chicago, yeah. Train wreck, like you know, like I mean, the personal stakes were like, oh no, my life, oh no, my love life, oh no, my my happiness or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like. It, she has it, a it massive never... New York apartment, and she's dating a doctor, a, a doctor of famous athletes. <laughs> Close personal friends with LeBron James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought a lot about Trainwreck, um, and, I, and I was like, oh, by the way, uh, listeners, this is just off off camera or off mic. Um, you know, I, I was thinking, like, man, Scott and I really were really gave we're, we're, we're really uh, laying it on Amy Schumer last week. Uh, we, we don't normally go that hard. Wow. Blah, blah, blah. Did we go too hard? And then uh, I went to go visit you and Bethany and Bethany just was like, she's like a black hole. of comedy. <laughs> She like yeah. makes everyone around her less funny. And I was like, Oh, okay. You were even less into it. Than I <laughs> yeah. 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 No, my wife fucking hated that movie and hated Amy Schumer. Um, but that's that there is, there is a certain vibe of female comedian she doesn't she doesn't hate female comedians, but like there is a certain vibe of female comedian that feels the need to like not just be funny, but talk about how funny they are and how everyone should appreciate how funny they are. And mm-hmm. Amy Schumer's in that camp and Lena Dunham is in that camp of like, I don't think you understand how funny I am. I'm really funny. And you're like, mm-hmm. if you were really funny, you wouldn't have to fucking keep saying that shit all the time. And that is something that drives Bethany fucking crazy <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's I, I i just i kept thinking again and again during my my staten island research and even listening to the commentary how they just seem a lot more simpatico apatow and davidson yeah like it, like oh it makes sense that you two worked really well together whereas 
for whatever reason, the math, the equation, the chemistry between Apatow and Schumer, it just didn't really work for for the three of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I think the difference, I, I think I think inherently, I think that Apatow works best with a lead performance, a lead a lead actor who is willing to like take the piss out of themselves. And Amy Schumer never yeah. did that. Like like we talked about last week, it was all like wow, you're you're so hot and she'd be like, "Oh, I'm hungover." Uh, that's the joke. And it's like, "Yeah, but he's still calling you hot." Like he's not being like, "Whoa, Jesus." Like <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's what it comes down to is like, and, and I, you know, I will defend Lena Dunham as a fan of girls. I think she, like, it kind of is like, there's, there's a bravery to like, I'm going to show like the most ugly parts of myself or really lay out my fears and lay out. And I think there was an attempt, you know, like, and train, you know, Schumer's dad in real life, you know, lived with MS for years and years and ultimately passed from it. Mm-hmm. And there's that scene where he she delivers that eulogy and, you know, in the commentary is like that was really difficult to, to write and to act and stuff. And yeah. she's giving it. You can tell that she's giving it. But as we talked about it, it's like what it seems so out of place in the story. And like, right. You know, the part like raise your hand if, if he was your best friend, if you yeah. loved him. And, you know, it's and all it's these characters also, we've never seen before. And it's also like it's telling that. When you said, like, he had MS in the episode that we recorded last week, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's what his issue was. Because I, they must have mentioned it, like, in passing once, and then yeah. there was nothing about his performance that said that he had MS. Um, he was just a guy. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Because you were like, last week, you were like, why is he in this old folks home? He's, like, in his 50s. Yeah. And yeah, I had why. no, but- I had no idea that he had MS. Despite the movie apparently telling us that it mu- it just must have slipped right past me, and then like nothing about the movie was was telling me he had a reason to be there, you know? Yeah, and like I do think it's I th- I, th- I think his brand of com- Apatow's comedy works well with people who are self deprecating. Yep, like or like whether it is like Seth Rogen or like Lena Dunham or like you know my body. Oh, like look at you know like and Davidson is so nakedly. Like, here's my shit. Maybe the movie opens with him trying to kill himself. Right. And I never really, yeah, I felt like Schumer's character and Schumer, I guess, is by extension a performer, felt like she had armor on the whole time, like cool girl comedy armor. Yep. Of like, the closest we got was when she was like kind of bad at the, at the, at the, the next dance, at being a next girl. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think we discussed at length my issues. We did. We did. Um, We really broke that down. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, I will say this, Mm -hmm. I guess in defense of Amy Schumer, uh, you know, you're right. It did seem like she had armor on like cool girl, movie star armor. However, can't say it didn't work out for her because she was the lead of how many movies after that? And, uh, how many, how many leading roles has Pete Davidson had since this? Bupkis. Yeah, yeah, Ayo. right, exactly. Which is a TV show. It's not even a, yeah, not even yeah. a movie. I, I think too. I think that's also the other issue with Apatow is that, um, as you, I'm sure you'll go into, you know, this mm. coming out during the pandemic, it made nothing. It made no money, right? And 
Or at least it didn't make any money that studios are like, yeah, let's no. give you more money to make yeah. something else. Yeah. Um, and the thing, it was like, this movie was number one on VOD for two weeks. You know, like those are the markers that it has. Right. Right. Which is very different. Uh, I don't think I don't think the studios even understand how to like really yeah. like process <laughs> that information. Yeah. Um, so uh, especially not back then, because this was like one of the first like theatrical releases dumped onto VOD during the pandemic. Um, yeah. 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 I remember we watched it together. Um, That's right. But, yeah. Um, but uh, the. Yeah. But but like the kind of movie that Apatow makes, they don't put in theaters anymore. No, they they just don't. Like, I think that if he has a shot at ever doing a theatrically released movie ever again. I think that he would need to, again, find somebody like a Pete Davidson or Amy Schumer or Seth Rogen or whoever, whatever he wants to work with, and then make a Sundance movie. Self-finance it. Oh, hell yeah. And put it in Sundance. Then I think you might, like, that might be, like, what he should pivot toward. But, like, no one is making The King of Staten Island at the budget that this prob- this movie was probably made for to be released in theaters Right. For the foreseeable future. It's the all summer. stuff like Bupkis and girls. Right. That's yeah. yeah. Like, and you know, we we're, 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 a, we're, a, we're a whole planet away from 40 year old Virgin coming out in Oh five with like a 20 million budget shooting a million feet of film. Right. You know, like right. that just wouldn't, I don't, I don't know if that could ever happen again. No. He, uh, I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but he, he, he said something in, in, in this where there's like, because, you know, the question was asked, like, well, why do you keep doing this again and again? And he's like, I, there's something really exciting about being on the ground floor of someone's career. Mm. Like, people tend to really go give everything to their first movie mm-hmm. as opposed to their 50th movie. And he's like, I just like that energy. Yeah. And I admire that about him because my first thought was like, oh, well, he could just like do a he could reunite with Seth Rogen like that could get a theatrical release. But I don't know if that excites him. The same way no, that well, finding the, people does. I mean, you're right, but also, would that get a theatrical release? I don't right. know because I Nicholas. Know. Uh, uh, we talked about it last week, but the 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 um, the Seth platonic. Rogen, yeah, yeah, platonic. That's you know, I mean, that's, that's that should be a theatrical release. It's it's reuniting the couple from the boat two neighbors movies, you know, yeah, and and yet it's just going to be an Apple TV Plus show, you know. That being so. said, you know, you have said. I know 40 year old virgin. I think, you know, multiple times throughout the series is like, why hasn't he show run again? Mm-hmm. Like what's stopping him from doing an eight episode series on Apple yeah. TV plus, you know, like what would that be like? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, I mean, what's interesting too, is like during that gap year, right. Which I'm sure, again, I'm sure you're about to get into that, uh-huh. but this gap period between 2015 and, and 2020, right. I know he's not the showrunner of love, but love feels like such an Apatow showrun show. Like it feels like he was like, oh, Paul Rust, he's my next guy. But instead of putting him into a movie, I'm going to put him into a show. For sure. Did you did you watch all of Girls? Uh, uh, all, not all of go- Girls, but all of Love. I I'm did. sorry, Love. That's what I meant. Yeah, uh, yeah I watched yeah. all of Love. Yeah. I love Love. Love was great. Oh, yeah. Love, love was phenomenal. And Love is like... Love is probably my favorite Judd Apatow movie. If we <laughs> wanted to think about it, if we wanted to loop loop it in, um, sure, sure. it would be my favorite. It would be absolutely be my favorite Judd Apatow movie. It has so much in common with Judd Apatow movies. 
I love the plot of it. It's a rom-com, at, but it's it's real, you know, but uh, like it has like laugh out loud funny moments. It has like great side characters. I mean, it's like everything Gosh. you want from a Jada Apatow movie, but it's a series and he only directed like two episodes of it. I mean, literally, like, you know, the, I, 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 it's been years since I watched it, but like there's an episode where Paul Rust and Gillian Jacobs and the guy from the Doughboys and Claudia O'Doherty, like the two couples, they go on that weekend trip to Palm Springs. And it's, yeah. To Palm and Springs. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a shit show. <laughs> yes. It's, it's awful. And I'm like, oh, yeah, in a movie, that would be like 40 minutes or whatever in an appetite yeah. movie but in this time it gets to just be a whole clean episode is is that the episode where uh he's trying to watch porn on his phone not realizing that uh it's connected yes. to the bluetooth yes 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 oh my gosh <laughs> oh man it's such a fucking good show. Oh man, yeah, I think that's my favorite thing Judd Apatow's ever done is love. I, I man, yeah. Such a fucking good show. Uh yeah, one of the yeah, great great Gillian Jacobs role. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So and Paul Paul the, Rust, a guy who has disappeared off the face of the planet in, ter- in terms of being an actor. Yeah, after being the lead wow. of a three season Netflix show. I'm just gonna. I haven't thought about him in a while because, like, you know, he was on Comedy Bang Bang a lot. He was in that this band I really liked called Don't Stop or We'll Die. Yeah, they're the uh, they're the uh, outro. They wrote the outro music for the final season of Star Wars Minute that's happening right now. Oh shit! Oh, yeah. that's right. He was kind of in the minutes circle. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, for sure. Sphere. So, yeah, he was in because he's because he's, he's uh, looped in with uh, Matt Gorley. Oh, okay. Because they do uh, like Gorley and Rust, which is like a show, a podcast about like they watch horror movies. I think I've seen like yeah ads for that. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of just done random stuff. Like he was in the Between Two Ferns movie. Mm. Uh, he was in that movie Queen Pins. But yeah, you're right. But um. The gap, as it were, I didn't really read too much into like, I, I think it just borrows down to, okay, so 20, you know, Trainwreck comes out in 2015. You have Girls, which was yeah. running, which was very much Lena Dunham and Jenny Connor's show, but Apatow was a producer. Right. Um, and he did, he I don't did, know if he, he directed at least one episode because I, because he directed, yes, I think he directed one episode. He directed the episode where she goes home. Uh, okay. To her, her like, parents. to her, like, uh, parents' house. And I don't remember mm. what happens, but you know, it's a girl's episode every time. She... <laughs> and, but it was all, but it was like, it was just, good. It, it was just Lena yeah. Dunham. Right. One of those. It was like one of those it like... episodes. It was just her character going back home, wherever, where, wherever that is, Connecticut yeah. or New Jersey or wherever she yeah. was supposed where, to be from. Where white um, people live. Yeah. So girls raps in like 2017, 20, no, I think earlier than that. Um, then you have Love on Netflix. You have Crashing with Pete Davidson. I always forget he, about Crashing. I've never watched that. Have you seen that? I have not. My former, technically our former roommate, uh, Abbott, uh, loved Crashing. Watched all of it. Thought it was great. Oh, okay. And I've always been meaning to get into it. Um, he uh, directed a multi-part. Uh, 20, 2017 was the end of Girls. Got it. Wow. Five, six years ago. Yeah, 20, 2012 to twenty seventeen, um, and uh, love. He directed an was twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen. Yeah, so right around the same time. Yeah, he directed a really great HBO documentary. I think like a two part documentary called "The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling," where 
for I think I think this took a lot of work where he, he you know in the wake of Shandling Shandling's passing who was a big mentor in Apatow's life right poured through his diaries and archives and really directed the hell out of it, it it's it's really it's like as personal and probing as his movies but about like this this dude that kind of like taught him how to think and write and is it a uh is it a is it a two-part documentary like the George Carlin one or is I believe it a... so okay it is okay I would like to see that because I know nothing about Gary, uh, Gary Shandling, um, mm-hmm. and and like Larry Sanders and all of that stuff. I don't know anything about any of that. So, oh yeah, no, you're good. I still have not seen an episode of Gary Shandling's show, to be honest, oh, okay. or, or Larry Sanders' show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch the George Carlin thing? I did. My dad was like, "You got to check this out," and it I watched really this talk. Yeah, I watched. Yeah. I watched that one too. That one. That one was really, really good. Um, it's really comforting that he was like lame for like years of his career. Yes, extremely. Considering he's considered one of the wor- like one of the best comics of all time, it was interesting seeing him have multiple periods where everyone was like, "All right, we're sick of your shtick." That guy, like, that guy, like he would up. he would fall into a shtick and just do that thing, and then everyone would get sick of it, so he would have to shift gears. But it literally happened like three or four times over the course of his career. Um, and unfortunately he died doing a shtick that everyone was tired of. Um, right. Unfortunately, like we get it. Yeah. We're all going to die. Life's fucked. There's no God. We get it. Politics, politics. Politics. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh no, he's dead. Oh God. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, RIP. But, but yeah, it's, and then before you know it, it's, it's 2019, which was when Deadline reported that uh, it uh, Universal had acquired an untitled film that would be directed by Judd Apatow, starring Pete Davidson, whom Apatow met, as we discussed last week, on the set of Trainwreck. Right. Um, Scott, here's a fun little placement of, I guess, like a, a marker, if you will, as to where these two guys were at. Uh, on the set of Trainwreck, Davidson had no tattoos. Oh, wow. That's true. He had zero tattoos. And then cut to 2019, 2020, covered in tattoos. Yeah. And what happened in those few years? Well, you if you're listening to this, you, you probably know. Uh, true to Apatow's prediction, Davidson had sort of a Sandler-esque meteoric rise on SNL where he became a celebrity separate from SNL. Right. He... Is in this weird. I've been thinking about him. This, uh, he's in this weird place of like, he's famous for like having a huge cock and being really funny and <laughs> dating some of the most beautiful women on the planet. But also like, a bunch of people think he's a shithead and like, uh-huh. why is this dude funny? How does this person? How why does he get girls? He's so fucking this and that and this and that. Right. Um, and he had a hard time with it. Like, is he? the most famous SNL actor like while only being on SNL from my generation. Cause like I was like, I wasn't really, I don't really know how big Sandler was or Farley was while they were on SNL because I was like a baby. Yeah. But, I don't think they were big until they started doing movies. Yeah, Davidson was, I mean, I think he's the biggest star Apatow's had in his movie prior to 
You know what yeah. I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You could, yeah. This is his breakthrough, but he was already like, you knew who Pete Davidson was when. By well, the time I guess Staten, I, I guess know. Adam Sandler notwithstanding, but yeah, right. But yeah, that's like yeah. I would argue like Kristen Wiig was like, oh, she's really funny. This that's a girl from SNL, and then Bridesmaids comes out. And it's like, right. Whoa. Yeah, exactly. And then she stayed on SNL for like oh, a really long yeah. time, which was surprising. Um, yeah, I I feel like she he is the biggest celebrity. To be a celebrity, to be as big of a celebrity as he is while only having SNL, you know? Right. I mean, like, literally, if you want to take the word celebrity, he was, like, not not entirely for his, his by his design, famous for being famous. Right. Like, even if you didn't watch Saturday Night Live, you knew, like, oh, that's the dude that's dating Ariana Grande. That's the dude that's dating Kim Kardashian. Right. And getting harassed by Kanye West. Right. Man, that's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, so the yeah the movie was announced in January. Um, uh, Universal at the time there was this a uh, few months before the like filming started. Davidson had made some like troubling posts on Instagram about like just having like dark thoughts and kind of saying some scary stuff that mm-hmm. I remember making because it's like. That's got to be really weird to be like in this position where you're like a celebrity and you're dating these beautiful women, blah, 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 blah. But then also people are telling you to like kill yourself and like calling you ugly and like talentless and whatever. I Um, assume that's what Bubkiss is about. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. That's what it appears to be about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so Universal reached out to Apatow and they were like, hey, um, like, is your guy good? Like, you know, and he was like, yeah. No, I, I I have faith in him. And I haven't really made you find a point on this, but Apatow has stayed with Universal this entire series, this entire filmography. Yeah. Well, you it's, know, that I was thinking about that, too, when the Universal logo came up when we were watching it or when, we were, when I was watching it, because it's like Universal has always been so desperate for IP um, that that they can like, you know have is like their marvel or their star wars or you know their dc Mm -hmm. or you know harry potter or whatever Mm -hmm. um and nothing ever really sticks like the closest they've gotten i feel like is is fast and furious which is obviously a huge juggernaut but like you know hobbs and shaw (laughs) wasn't like wasn't really that much you know and it's about to end and 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 then like yeah will it continue probably in a different format but will that be a successful who knows you know there's a Mm -hmm. lot of question marks about it it feels very like insular and special and like just like an alchemy of like insane uh whatever um it's not a thing they can like i don't know that there's like a lot of like merch and stuff that they can sell for Fast and Furious. Right. Yeah, there's you, you can't you can't have like a Dom running around Universal Studios and people be like <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could try, look, I guess. You could try, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so like um, you know, Fast and the Furious is 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 obviously a huge success. Then there's like Jurassic Park, which like as we talked about in our mini series when we covered those movies, everyone just seems to generally just be like, I mean, you could just stop, maybe. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. <that's- laughs> We're the only two people in the world that want more Jurassic World. Yeah, right, right, right. Whereas everyone else is like, you surely should have just stopped where you were at. Yeah. Um, you got but, illumination, right? You have illumination, so you have the you have the kid stuff, right? But that's that's mm-hmm. kind of it. Their big thing. And and it's the thing that I feel like they should lean all the way into 
stop searching for IP, just lean all the way into being the place for filmmakers. Filmmakers are their IP. They've got Shyamalan. They've got Nolan now. They've got yep. Peel. They've got Apatow. There's a right. lot of directors who exclusively make films for them. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that they should. And, and, and directors, very successful directors who make them a lot of money using original material. Right. Yeah. That is their that is their bread and butter, and that's what they should lean into. And so, yeah, I love seeing Apatow stick with Universal all the way through, and that Universal stuck with him. Yeah, and and like had you know Apatow built up enough trust that you know this potentially volatile personality, or you know someone with baggage, so to speak, was like, oh no, like Apatow says this kid can finish the movie and not like have a breakdown or flip out or do whatever. We trust him, yeah. and. It happened because, like, this this was, like, uh, this meant something for both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the kind of the thesis for the movie, or I guess, like, the assignment, I guess, is, like, what if, what would your, you know, Apatow asked Pete Davidson, what would your life be like if you never found comedy? Like, how would you get to where you are if you didn't have this outlet? Yeah. And that was kind of, like, the the starting point. Um, and he just kind of, I found some interesting quotes about just like what Apatow thinks people find endearing about Davidson. Um, just, the, and I, 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 this resonated with me of just getting the sense that like, I think that guy's going through something mm-hmm. and like, I'm going through something. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of, you're rooting for the kid. You're like, Oh, I want, I want him to figure it out. I want this guy to yeah, like rise above his demons and shit like, like, like we all hope to do. Yeah. Yeah. He Um, is. Pete Davidson is an interesting character because like a lot of the people that Apatow enjoys working with or, or is gravitates toward. Hmm. Um, he doesn't gravitate toward character actors. He gravitates toward personalities who only ever really, are just their personality, no matter what they're playing. Pete Davidson can play a flamboyantly gay guy, but he would just be Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson, yeah. (laughs) Hey, I'm gay. Set it up. (laughs) Um, Hello. On Netflix. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You wouldn't know it. It's, uh, you know, there's there's unexpected movie stars. Yeah. There's something that I really like about that. And I think that, like, in, in that, case i think that uh, i don't know i feel like those guys get made fun of a lot in terms of oh they're not very good actors because they just play themselves all the time sure the michael Sarah argument right right but like i don't know i think that there's something endearing about someone who knows exactly who they are and doesn't try and play roles that aren't what they do you know yeah um yeah, there's a kind of confidence to it of like, yeah, no, this is me. And I don't really, yeah, yeah, like I don't need to be Peter Sellers. I don't need to be Jim Carrey. Create something like, no, I'm Pete Davidson. Whether it's the Suicide Squad or right, <laughs> set it up, and it's just like, hey, Pete Davidson's in this. That's cool. Oh, he's smoking weed. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what right. he does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting that uh, he's found two of two. Of like our two generations of like iconic stoners 
And yet, I don't think Apatow has ever expressed like much of an interest in the drug himself. No. But he's drawn to people who do. It seems like, I, if I had to guess, I, I would assume he is the type of guy, like the type of dad that is just like, oh, let's be naughty and smoke a little weed tonight, honey. You know, like that yeah. kind of vibe yeah. not it seemed like, like an edible family yeah yeah not like uh not like a regular a regular thing like right he's not making artisan uh yeah. fucking ashtrays yeah and he's oh. not making jokes about how he doesn't even get high anymore he just smokes it and it's just like it, it just it's nothing <laughs> anymore yeah that's that line really hit me square in the face because <laughs> like i i think i said that to you <laughs> yeah. Um, that and the time thing, the part where he's like, that's why I smoke weed because it slows down time. I'm like, I just told that to Scott. <laughs> uh, l- listeners, bit of an update. Uh, I know in our, in our funny, pe- funny people episode, uh, I kind of hinted at some like health stuff that I was going through. Um, and the train wreck and now this are the first two episodes of franchiseography you've ever heard where I was not high. Fuck. Or I, you know, I, I think, you know, I kind of deduced, I talked to my doctor and then I think my body was just like, Hey man, you've been smoking like all day, every day for like four years. <laughs> I'm I'm pushing the I'm I'm stopping the coaster, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm pulling the e brake. I'm pulling the e brake on this, whether yeah. you like it or not. And so I just I, I true to the series, watching this was unexpectedly poop like personal for me. Yeah. Um, I I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting to watch um, this movie looking at weed in like the past tense mm-hmm. of like ah, I remember, I remember doing that. I remember <laughs> just like. So I don't know. So all of that kind of hit a little harder for me this time yeah. around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so a uh, a bit of so a, 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 while the writing process was going down, a bit uh, certain like themes began to pop out. Most prominently of which was uh, a, a huge event in David's own personal life was the loss of his father Scott Davidson on nine eleven. Yeah. Uh, Scott Davidson was a firefighter. He was in Ladder Company 118 in Brooklyn Heights. And uh, yeah, the loss had a huge effect on him. And the writing the movie and making the movie became a cathartic process for Davidson. And in his own words, became a way for him to maybe kind of settle some of this shit and process it and hopefully like move on mm-hmm. and be able to kind of like move forward. And I think that's why a lot of this felt really vital to me is it really felt like an artist working through shit while making a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It fe- I mean, it truly feels like everything that Judd Apatow has ever wanted, like to a point where I almost feel like Pete Davidson was the, was the, the, the actor that he's been searching for all this time. Like yeah. the actor who was willing to go bone deep on honesty, but also be funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's kind of like, I think he kept pushing Seth Rogen to be that guy, but I think at a certain point, Seth Rogen was like, no, I just, I'm, I'm here to have fun, man. Like 
I'm I'm like really well adjusted. Yeah, like I'm I'm here to have fun. There's nothing there's nothing to I'm, go bone deep on with me. Like I'm I'm good, man. You I'm know, a teddy bear. You know, yeah. like I I love my wife. I'm confident. Yeah, I like my I like my life. I like being comfortable. I I love smoking weed. I'm never going to stop smoking weed. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and and like yeah, there's scenes in in Staten Island where like. There's a danger, not not a danger to others like to Bell Powley or Marissa Tomei, but like danger to himself. Yeah. Like, there's that scene like where he's he's in uh, he's in Maude Apatow's bedroom and she's like, I'm worried you're going to hurt yourself. And he's like, I am. <laughs> if, if anybody can, it's me, you know, and yeah. like I've been that guy and I've talked to that guy of like, no, I'm actually not in a good place. Like you're you are right to be worried about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And. Like, I don't know. There, there's skin in the game in this one that there wasn't in, like, This is 40 or even Funny yeah. People. Yeah, because, you know, uh, also I think that's why ultimately This is 40 doesn't work is mm. because he's using uh, Paul Rudd to be his vessel to put mm. all of his own personal shit into, right? But Paul Rudd's just an actor and right. he doesn't have any of that stuff. And so it's not coming across as honest. It's coming across as skits. Right. You know? Just a bunch of skits about being married. Right. Um, rather than a an honest portrayal of a marriage. Um, and that is I think that that's that's the difference here. And I think mm-hmm. it's the thing that he's been searching for this whole time. Because even again, like like with Amy Schumer, it's like be honest, pull in all of this pain and whatever. But she just wants to be a a, a comedy leading lady. That's it, mm-hmm. you know. And right. I was like, yeah, no, she's willing to like get in there and like do a few things, but she's not going to make the whole movie about her psychological plight, right? Yeah, which is what Apatow wants. Um, yeah. And so he found this partner that was like, no, I actually think I literally need to make this movie so that I can finally like heal from right. this like wound. And Apatow's like, like, oh, fuck. Yes. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, in, in Davidson's words, the movie was like a tribute to heroes. Uh, his sister who makes a cameo in the movie, uh, Moises. Ergrams, uh, Igor, the girl that I everyone thinks is is just like a, a catfish. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Pete Davidson's real life sister. Oh um, wow he 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 cast his sister as the hot chick that no one believed he could possibly be dating. He, yeah, That's or someone else. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she she is in real life a nurse, uh, much like his mother. You know, inspired by Marissa Tomei's character. They're both nurses. Mm-hmm. Scott Davidson, of course, was a firefighter, and so this was. Among, I don't know how successful the movie is in this avenue of it, but his character sort of learns about like what heroism is, and like you get that scene where he like in the baseball stadium where he like resents his dad or fireman in theory for having kids, right? Or like you know the scene where he's like, all you do is fucking like hang out all day and like it's like a big frat house, and then there's a scene where he sees the them stopping a fire and he's like, oh fuck, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, um bit of just going through so bill uh bill burr mm. was uh a like a mentor of sorts 
for Davidson. He first saw David. He first saw Bill Burr perform when he and his friend went to go see Dane Cook play at Madison Square Garden, and Bill Burr opened for Dane Cook. That is an insane combination of the comics. <laughs> yeah, like two, like yeah. One is just like very like observational, making biting you know observations about race and sex and dan cook is just like making velociraptor noises right jesus that's wild (laughs) that is wild (laughs) and so after the show like davidson was like dude you were so fucking funny and bill burr was like hey yeah get a fucking picture come on and then when he started doing stand-up they became like a real like you know cigarettes after the show mentor yeah, so, a real a real uh, funny people situation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, as well as Belle Pauly. Belle Pauly was a personal friend of Pete Davidson at the time. Texted her up to come audition. She crushed it. Uh, Apatow was in love with her performance in uh, Diary of a Teenage Girl, which is great, a fantastic great movie. Great fucking movie. Great fucking movie. Great movie. Yeah. She's great. No, she's so fucking good in this and so fucking grounded. Like... This movie features the most grounded characters of any Apatow movie. Full stop. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of what he's been saying the whole time of like, I wanted to keep watching these characters. Like, I, I, the guy, there's a scene at the, at the very end where she's just like, she's walking to her, she's walking to the ferry and she's cupping a, a Diet Coke with a straw and a hot dog in a paper plate with one hand. Yeah. And it's the most natural looking thing in the world. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, the accent, Staten Island accent, you know, because she's British. Yeah. Um, oh, fuck. Really? Yeah. She's, Damn. she's British. Wow. She fucking wrecked that accent. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> uh, wow. It's, it, yeah. Um, Bill Burr, you kind of hear the Boston, but I love it. I don't want to hear. Um, yeah. What do you think? What do you think about Maude Apatow's Staten Island accent? Good. Yeah. No, I loved uh, it. I thought it was really good. She's good. Yeah. The note Apatow had was like, she's trying to hide it. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't want to have it, but it slips out. Right, right. It's really good. She yeah. did an excellent job. Um, MVP, secret MVP of the movie. The This movie has three credited screenwriters, Apatow Davidson and Dave Sirius. Uh, Sirius? Mm-hmm. Um, an SNL writer and like really close friend of davidson and apatow would kind of use him oftentimes as like a springboard mm. where sometimes he would go to dave sirius and be like hey what if 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 pete was having a breakup if pete was breaking up with the girl what would the girl say and he'd be like uh you ruin everything you drag people down blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that's amazing um that's i i that's something that i i really like about um snl uh, mm-hmm. is that that happens all the time where write, a, a staff writer and one of the performers sort of like hook up and become like yeah. a pair it's where they're the one they're like pitching stuff like for one to write and the other one to be in the sketch, you know, and for sure they just sort of like learn each other's ins and outs. And that happens all the time uh, on SNL. And that's it's it's one of the things like. It's the reason why some people can get so fucking nerdy about SNL. Like, it's very easy to, like, get super nerdy about SNL, and it's because of shit like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've fallen down that path of, like, oh, wait, that joke sounds like this joke. Is this the same writer? Yeah. And then, like, 
going down that rabbit hole and being like, oh my God, Sudeikis always links up with this person. Or like, yeah, Sandler always linked up with, or you know, A.D. Bryant always linked up with this person. Yeah. And like a writer can just tap into a performer's voice. Yeah. And like know what makes them funny, even in ways that that person doesn't realize about themselves. Right. Right. Absolutely. Which is kind of like a lot of the movie. Like there's this part early on where uh, after Bell Pauly Claire and his name is Scott in the movie, but we're just going to keep calling him Pete Davidson. Yes. Um, uh, where they, you know, they hook up for the first time and he's like, um, she's like, I, I, I feel sad that I know I'm great. I'm sad that you don't see that you're great. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple lines in this, in this movie that feel like, Every Judd Apatow movie summarized in one sentence. And I think that's one of them. Yeah. Of like so many of these movies are like a person, whether it's Bill Hader or Katherine Heigl or Seth Rogen and funny people looking at another damaged person and being like, I wish you could see how great you really are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other line I notice is when Bill Burr and Mr. Marissa Tomei are on their first date and he's trying to be nice and they're talking about how big of a fuck up Pete Davidson's character is. And he's like, ah, it's okay. Everybody gets it at a different time. <laughs> I'm like, everybody does get it at a different time. Bill, uh, Bill Burr. You know, it, it's interesting. He, this movie's cast so perfectly um, yeah. because, because one, there's barely any comedians in it. Which I think was an excellent choice, and That's a good I, point. yeah, I I think is, uh, you know, one of the things that backfires for Apatow in most of his other movies is that he does hire too many comedians, and as a result, they're all just like hanging out and having fun, and he's never getting his like gritty real movie that he wants. Right. This time he hires all actors, and he just gets like outside of like Bill Burr and and. Pete Davidson, everyone else sure. in this movie is an actor, like not a comedian. Um, yeah. And you can feel it like in all of the scenes where all the friends are hanging out and it's oh, like, yeah. oh, here we go. Classic Apatow shit. And it's like, no, these guys are idiots and nothing they say is funny. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, they look like it's real, real. Like, and you're laughing at how real it is, but you're not laughing at like their jokes. Yeah. They're just you're you're laughing at like them, just their energy. Right. And like. They're so like you can't fake that kind of and I mean as a compliment, but like that kind of level of scumbag that yes. all these guys radiate. Like yes, yes, the shitty beach chair that one of the guys is sitting on. Yes, uh, like the way yeah they just they don't look like they're about to star in a romantic comedy next year. You know, no, not at all. Um, as much as I love Biagio, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, uh, note, note about Biagio, Moses, Moises, Angram, uh. I didn't know this. He was uh he was on Hannah Montana. Oh, really? Huh. And so, you know, uh Judd Apatow would be like, you know, watching Hannah Montana with his daughters or like watching it for all like doing stuff or whatever, and he'd be like, Who's that? That guy's hilarious. <laughs> He's great. And then when he walked into what the audition, he said it was like the the Beatles. Oh wow. That's amazing. He's like, Oh, you're in this. <laughs> um That's amazing. But but going back to Bill Burr, I just wanna yeah, yeah, yeah. say the like Bill Burr is the perfect choice to play another like to, if you're going to hire any comedian, he's like the perfect mm-hmm. choice because he is all of his comedy is very grounded, but also he's willing 
to like look bad and dig to the bone. Like yeah. you watch F is for family and you know that. Right. Yeah. That's a, it, it's a funny show, but it is unafraid to show again, like a, a working class blue collar lifestyle. Right. And, but also like show that like things were fucked up in the seventies and, and right. it's like, it's almost like Bill Burr is wrestling with the idea in his head of how he idealizes the seventies in his mind, in his memory. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it was, it was shitty fucked. because it was, yeah. it was, it was shittier back then. Like just full stop. Yeah. You know? Like the show yeah. really, it really goes into like the mental health of the lack of mental health that like, yeah adults had but especially men at the time of like right. the, that trap of like the masculinity and like the frustration and not knowing where to put your anger and so you take it out on the kids or your yeah but with sympathy but merciless sympathy yeah you know? yeah so he's like the he's like another perfect choice to be working with apatow it it does it makes me sad that and i mean you know obviously he would have wanted to because like he made a fucking documentary about him but it does make me mm-hmm. a little sad that he never got to work with george carlin oh yeah gosh yeah it's like yeah he would have crushed it in like yeah. a random role in this like as someone's grandpa yeah or um pete davidson's real grandpa is in this movie though oh he's uh at the at the at the graduation party he's the yeah. guy that's like you know who went to temple bill cosby oh god yeah that's a, that's good that's good and uh, Davidson said they they when he was a kid they would like make home movies together and he would like go to the oh. store and buy like fake guns and Film jumping fun. off the shed. So it's so fun. Uh, I really want to hear if the five act structure works in this movie. But uh, brief note into you know the the pandemic of it all. Yeah. Um, this movie was originally planned for a theatrical release on June nineteenth, twenty twenty. Obviously, that didn't happen. Uh, I I cannot imagine this coming out in like the middle of summer. Yeah, it's like. It, you're, it's kind of like, oh, was that was the in, a, in like the most, you know, uh, we all went through it. We all know, you know, but the pandemic aside, like that was he spared like a big bomb? I think so. I really do. Yeah, I really I don't I do not think this this is not a crowd pleasing movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he speaks very wistfully in the commentary because, you know, he had he had screenings of this movie. Yeah. Um. So the only time this ever played for an audience was like for those test screenings. Right. And he, he pointed out every time there was like, Oh, this got a really big laugh in the, in the test screening. Yeah. Um, oh. Like uh, Obama don't look right. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That's true. Or, uh, the, that I, the whole tattoo thing <laughs> of it all was, I, I thought that's the most frustrating part about this movie. It's the fucking funniest. Like, don't get me wrong. Sure, like every sure, time they sure. show one of his tattoos, it's just like, Oh Jesus Christ. But, um, it's frustrating because like, you know, uh, tattoos are, are are permanent. I mean, you know, mostly permanent. Um, mm-hmm. You can get them removed, but it's a whole fucking thing. It's um, painful. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's a whole, yeah, it's painful and it's expensive and it takes like multiple visits and it's a whole, it's a whole to do. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm endlessly frustrated that this movie paints a picture. And I don't know if it's just that like they didn't do any research about tattoo artists or... Yeah. Like what? But this this movie paints a picture that tattoo artists freestyle tattoos. Yeah, like they just have the tattoo gun, have an idea, and draw a picture on yeah. your body. And no, you fucking draw a picture. He, they draw a picture. Yeah, and they put it on tracing paper, 
and they they get it like a like a like a fake tattoo on your on your body or sometimes they just do it through the paper but like they yeah. put like a like a like a like a non-permanent version of the tattoo on your body and mm-hmm. then they tattoo over that they trace it that's what they're doing when they're actually like using the tattoo gun is like they're tracing right. the thing that they put on your body to make sure that they do it right. So, like, the, his whole process of, like, I got to practice, I got to practice. No, you fucking don't. You got to, like, what are you learn. Doing? Yeah. You, you got to learn. That's insane. To, it's not, yeah. You're not a prison tattoo artist. You're a fucking. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then when they show the picture of, like, the thing that he drew, and I'm like, yeah. And if he could just yeah. put that onto a person's body and trace it, it would be a fucking awesome tattoo. <laughs> But he probably could erase it and like ink it and like call it, you know, it, yeah. Like I, I, I don't have any tattoos. I hope I never do. But um, my friends that do, because you know, I have a few friends that have like some ink on them and stuff. Yeah, it's like months and months of like discussion and collaboration. It's almost like a, yes. com- you know, it's a, it's commissioning artwork. Right. Well, and it's a huge commitment. Yes, it has it's to be perfect. Because like, if it's not perfect. Like you're what Mark the fuck Wahlberg are you doing? <laughs> yeah. going. Have you, have you ever heard the story that Mark Wahlberg took his kids to watch him get his tattoos removed for like months? Wow. Like, really? A Catholic, a Catholic dad kind of like, look at what daddy did. Look at the mistakes daddy made. Don't, wow. don't you ever do this. <laughs> uh, I like that your Mark Wahlberg was a little Peter Griffin. Just a little, <laughs> <laughs> little, little Peter Griffin, little Bill Burr. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Boston. Right. Um, and yeah, so the movie, it was going to have a South by Southwest premiere. It was going to sh- screen at Tribeca, but none of that happened. The commentary was actually recorded over Skype. Wow. Wild. Yeah. Um, Skype. Pre-Zoom. Pre-Zoom. <laughs> but yeah, you know, three years out, it, 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 I, I don't, I'm very interested to see if this movie finds an audience over the years. I, I unfortunately, does. I don't think it's the kind of movie that will. Right. Yeah. Y- you know? Um cuz it's not it's like a yeah. forgotten at least until like Pete Davidson's like celebrity sort of chills out. Yeah. I think he's I mean, he's so I don't even think he's 30 yet. Like right. I, I you know, maybe like in 5 to 10 years he'll get his like punch drunk love or his right. You know, and then we can look back the way that we look. I never thought we'd look back at Spanglish the way that we do now, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, But but we'll see. But, yeah. but so 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 does this fit the five act structure, Scott? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. No, he doesn't know how to write a movie any other way. Um, it'll be really <laughs> I'm really curious about the bubble. Oh, yeah. Very curious. Do we know how long the bubble is? Do you want to know how long it is? Is it over two hours? It's over two hours. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. Um, (laughs) So so you go from the opening where you're meeting Pete Davidson and you take it all the way to basically Bill Burr knocking on the door. Right. For him having tattooed his kid. That's... Oh god! Which that was the scariest scene in this whole series. That's oh like yeah, the yeah, first yeah, yeah. time I was like cringe, like literally cringing. I wanna, I wanna get in there. Okay, oh, of course, yeah. When we yeah. get back in there, but yes, definitely. But yeah, so it's that, right? It's the introduction of Bill Burr, and then it goes from there. Act two is the introduction of Bill Bill Burr to 
uh, Pete Davidson's mom telling him that that's who she's dating now. Mm-hmm. Um, then the third act is them dating and Pete Davidson trying to break them up, which ends in yeah. the fight, right? And also, <laughs> I can't remember does the does the fight happen before or after? It, it happens. It happens after the the um, shootout. The the robbery. the robbery, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so uh, the robbery and the fight, you know, all of that, like basically his whole life falling apart because he's trying to like fuck up Bill Burr's life, right? Yeah, yeah. That's all of act. That's that's act three. Act four is all the fire department stuff. It's him looking for a place to to stay and staying at the fire department. All of that is act four. And then Act Five is basically from the moment that uh, then uh, what is it? Act, what's his name? Action Jackson. What's his name? Oh, Action Bronson. Yeah, yeah. Action Bronson shows up with the as the uh, stab or gunshot uh, victim, <laughs> um, stabbing or gunshot victim. That is how his. That's his credit. Oh, that's great. Is stabbing or gunshot victim um, from the moment? Tell my sister. He, I know she's my mother. From the. From the moment that he walks up, um, yeah. uh, that to the end is the is the wrap up. I think because it's like it's the moment that Pete Davidson gets to be a hero, right? Yeah, that's true. That's, yeah, and so that's like showing that he's changed and everything. And you, yeah. So I think that's that's the that's the fifth act. But yeah, it definitely follows the five act structure without a doubt. Um, wow! Wow! Yeah. I never thought about this. Because it's, you know, like in true Apatow fashion, the action Bronson thing is just so out of left field and so yeah. random. Right. But there's that scene earlier where Steve Buscemi is like telling Scott about his dad. Mm-hmm. And he's like, like your dad, if your dad knew there was someone else in the building, he just had to get in there. He had to go. in. That was just who he was. Yeah. And like in that moment, in like a super minor, like stoner way. Dave, you know, Davidson is like, I have to help this guy. Like, I don't have a choice. Like, I have to drive this guy to the hospital, you know? Right, right, right. Um, yeah. So it's it's sort of like his hero moment. And it's very small. But I think the moment helps him understand his father on another, on the final level. Right. Yeah. Which allows him to, like, open up emotionally for the, for the re- remainder of the movie. Yeah. And they don't put a point on it, you know, like, I mean, like, I, I just realized that talking to you now, you know, yeah. of like, oh, is this what you know, there's never was like, oh, is this what dad felt when he went in to save people? Maybe yeah. I can be. But like something clicks and he's yeah. able to like, re- you really feel like he's releasing something in that last scene with Marissa Tomei while they're watching Game of Thrones. You yeah. Know? Which that was that that killed me because I was like, oh, my God, appetite. He's fucking doing it again where he is just yeah. like, I'm going to pick like a real a extremely popular pop culture thing. And I'm just going to I'm just going to I'm going to put Snipe it in it. here. Not going to say anything about it. I'm just going to put it in here and show, hey, you know, what's real is that people are obsessed with shows. Right. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about that today of like his movies are so there's some there's a timelessness to most of them. Like. People are always going to get married. People are always going to fall in love and people are always going to like have effed up lives. But like, you know, someone, you know, Jonah Hill will just walk into the screen and be like, yeah, I just got back from seeing the new Harry Potter movie. Right. Guys are fucking old at 40. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just because like, oh, yeah, there was a Harry Potter movie coming out that summer. Right. Right. Yeah. He loves he loves dating his movies. There's something about it that I kind of respect, though. Where he's just like, yeah, ah, these aren't going to be evergreen. Nobody's going to give a shit about this after this year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a similar. I have a, uh, I have a friend of mine that we talk about 
um, he doesn't like when movies have, uh, like when movies go out of their way to say we are filming in Atlanta or like this is in Pittsburgh. And uh-huh. I love, I, I love movies that are like little slices of different parts of the country. Yeah. Or like, Oh, this is Seattle or this is, this is Pittsburgh, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's why it's one of the things that I like the most about baby driver is that Edgar Wright right. was like, well, we have to shoot in Atlanta. So let's just have the movie take place in Atlanta. Like instead of yeah. like Everyville or whatever, you know, <laughs> Metro City. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the cold open that I mentioned. Yeah. The uh, where Davidson is like driving and he closes his eyes and just like lets the car drive for a few seconds and then, yeah. you know, snaps out of it and drives away. Right. Um, that the op- that opening of the movie was Leslie Mann's idea. Wow. Because Drew Avito fashion, I think he just went out and shot a bunch of shit. And uh, Leslie Mann was like, I think this should open the movie. And for like weeks in the edit, he was like, I don't know. Like, ah, let's try this and this. And then eventually he was like, oh, Leslie's right. I'm going to, this is the opening. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, I am missing her in the Avatar movies, though I do think she's in the bubble, isn't she? Yeah. So real monkey's paw. (laughs) Yeah. 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 God, I'm just the bubble i don't know man i don't know (laughs) yeah i don't know either uh yeah because i I, i've been missing the company but also like i really like how this doesn't feel like yeah the comp you know the company just wearing different hats and you know yeah and And mon has grown so old at this point that like you don't even like it's almost like she doesn't qualify anymore you know right yeah like i had to so uh this is interesting he hadn't he hadn't directed mod in 10 years Right. Since since this is 40. And this is 40 was 12, 2012? 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so a little, little was, less, little less than little 10 less. Years. Yeah. But you're right. Like, I think at this point she was, this was like post Euphoria Mod Apatow. And really? Euphoria yeah. premiered before the pandemic? Yeah. Season one was 2019. And yeah. then 2020, they had to shoot those weird specials, specials with like right. only Zendaya and only Hunter Schaefer. Right. Um, and then, yeah, season two came out in 2022. Wild. But so you're right. It is kind of like it was kind of like seeing a new performer. <clears throat> I I really had to go out of my way. Like the scene where after the college party on the bridge and they're having that fight. I I was like, fuck, like, yeah, I, like a few weeks ago I saw you. You were like a child and knocked up. And right. Uh, Apatow talks about, you know, you used to just like strap them to the chairs and throw some bacon at them and just like film them fighting. <laughs> yeah. But now it's like, she's an actor. Like yeah. he was like directing her and talking to her about like her character. And yeah, I can't imagine what a, what a, what a head trip that is. Wild. Absolutely wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so I, uh, I really like how, Quickly, this movie sort of establishes the sort of um, scumminess of of uh, Pete Davidson's life in mm-hmm. this in in Staten Island, and just like yeah, and not in like the, a joke way, in just like a yeah, this is just how I live. This is just yeah, reality like for me. The basement that they're all in, watching yeah. the purge, right? It it just feels like a real gross basement that like I've been in these basements and. It's not fun or it is fun unless you're not. And, you know, if you're the friend 
yeah. the new girl, then it's like, wow, these guys are really weird and scary. They're like, no, they're fine. They're teddy bears. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, gosh. Yeah. Um, that scene and where then, the where the kid. Uh, I think it's later in the movie where the kid like comes up to the window. To oh ask yeah. For, ask the for drugs. Yeah, Prozac for for six tablets of Prozac. That whole that whole sequence. It's it starts off as like a like almost like a classic Apatow riff, but then it like quickly devolves into like something kind of scary where you're like scared yeah. for this kid where you're like, what are you guys going to do to this kid? Right. Yeah. Because like the one friend, the one like kind of skinheaded guy is like, no, I don't like your fucking brother. You're going to pay 60. And then it, you're like, oh, oh they're, they're messing with him. This is fun. But then you're right. It, they make him take off his shoes. Yeah. And there's like that, uh, like, oh, these aren't, this isn't like Jonah Hill and Jay Baruchel and Jason Siegel. Like, no, these are, these are dudes that are going to like rob a, rob a drugstore later. Right. Right. It's, uh, yeah, it's messed up. And we never see the, uh, the, the, the black friend ever again. Um, what's, what's his, what's his name? I'll be honest, man. This is like, for as much as I'm like praising this movie, this is one of the few Apatow movies where I don't immediately have the characters' names off the top of my head. Yeah. Cause uh, the the one guy calls him uh, like like uh, Fat Kanye is that what they call him? Um, yeah, yeah. Which um, bad improv? Yeah, of, yeah. Extremely bad improv. Because um, like, then you you like turn to him and you're like, because he's just because he's black because he's a black guy. <laughs> like he nothing. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's nothing in common. They have nothing in common. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, that guy like after the burglary. We just never see him again. Yeah. We don't even see him. Yeah, we don't know if he escapes. We don't know if he goes to jail, too. Because, like, I mean, they, I think they all did. I mean, like, we know that Igor went to jail, and we know yeah. the, the guy that got shot went to jail. Yeah. We see them both behind behind glass, but, yeah. like, we don't see him. We just never see oh, him. Oh, yeah, he's worried, about, he's worried about his cat. He wants to be Davidson, like, make sure that he's taking care of his cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we just never see the other guy again. Um, yeah. I, they're scary dudes. Like they're not. Yeah, they're not. It, it, it is. It's interesting because that's the thing. That's that reality that Apatow has been craving so much, which is that like Pete Davidson was probably like you know grew up with guys like this that he was friends with, and was like yeah no you know like they're they're whatever like you know they're yeah, my they, friends. You know, so so they hurt people sometimes, but you know they never hurt me. Um, you know, right, like that, yeah. that kind of thing. And they're like, yeah, when you're just hanging out with them, they're whatever. But then sometimes they get into situations like the, like the burglary where they try to loop you in into this thing and you're, and it's, it's scary. And you yeah. realize how fucking scary they are actually, you know? Like, oh, if I'm not, if I ha I have to literally, he has to physically pry himself out of that group or else they're like, no, you are going to help us rob this drugstore. Yeah. And it's going to work out. Don't worry about it. Just do it. Ugh. I mean, like, I re even like the the scene where like they 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 tattoo that kid. Like Moises Ari Igor is like, he's scared, and you're scared with him. He's yes. like, and that button. It's I mean, I laughed so I laughed out loud, but it's like kind of sad. Where he's like, I regret, I regret being friends with you guys. Yes, yes, yeah, but yeah, that scene is. So stressful. And I remember it being stressful the first time I watched it because I was like, oh, no, this is fucking bad. This is, this is really bad. bad. Don't do this. Jesus Christ. And I just I don't know. 
I mean, it's the thing where it's like, you know, he says like, oh, I haven't been high in a really t- long time. It's like, no, you just haven't been sober in a really long time because no one, no one who wasn't high would ever make this decision. Yeah. Like going back to our, our, our train wreck problem, which yeah. is like, she's not a train wreck. She's just an asshole. Right. Like th- this dude has some real shit to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. That. He is not like, yeah, you don't, he's just sitting on this beach bench with a tattoo gun, just like ready to brand a kid on a, on a whim. Yeah. Or draw the Punisher on his arm. <laughs> yeah. Based off of an image he found on Google. <laughs> yeah. Just pulls it up on his face. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. This guy, this one right here. All right. First thing he finds, like it's just, this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Doesn't Man, even give, yeah him no. the, give him options. That's God. Yeah, the tattoo stuff is really weird. Now that the longer I think about it, now <laughs> yes, um, it's just way too fucking casual. Mm-hmm. And and like maybe maybe that's true for Pete Davidson. Maybe it is super casual for him because it is therapeutic in the way that he talks to Bill Burr about it later in the movie, where he's right. like, yeah, like yeah, no. Every time I, I I feel shit, I go and I get a tattoo and I feel better. Like you know, it like makes me like. It, like grounds me and like you know fo- focus mm-hmm. my emotions and like all this stuff, and I'm like, I'm like looking at Pete Davidson and seeing how many tattoos he has, and you're just like, oh buddy, just just go to therapy. Like you just need to go to therapy, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like oh if this, and I think that is a lot. I think that is true to life because he kind of voiced similar opinions on the on the commentary mm-hmm. of it is like it is kind of like the closest he can get to therapy at the time of like. It just takes him out of his body for a few seconds. I guess kind of like what weed used to do. But yeah. as he says, you get to a point where you just that you're hot. The person that you are when you're high becomes your default self. And, you know, people, some people become high. I got to I got to the point where I, I didn't think of myself as being high anymore. I was just smoking weed. And right. I was mistaking the person I was for like my default self. And it's only these like this like week or so that I'm like walking around and interacting with people and just doing shit. I'm like, Oh, right. Like this is, this is what a clear, this is what a clear head feels like. Right. But right. like, yeah, it's, it's, um, Oh, I don't want to skip, uh, uh, well setting up, uh, Claire played by bell Powley. Yes. Her want is she wants to Kel- get a job. Kelsey. Yes. Yeah. Cl- oh, Claire. Who's Claire. I think Claire's Mont Apatow. Um, Maybe that might be true. Too many, too many, too many cuz, Jed. Uh, yes, Claire is Maud Apatow. Sweet. And then Marissa Tomei is Marge, Marjorie, Margie, Marjorie, Margie. Uh, so she's like, she's convinced that Staten Island is going to hit a revival, just like Williamsburg did, and all the other boroughs, <laughs> and yeah. like, she wants to get in on the ground floor and make Staten Island cool. And I, I found that really endearing as for her character. Yeah. No, I love that about her, um, and I love that, like, the movie, it would be so easy to to treat this this character as, like, oh, like a dumb, dumb Staten Island townie, you know? Sure, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they never be, like, they, 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 they never, like, elevate her to a level of, like... Sainthood. Yeah, sainthood, where she's, like, no, she's not better and smarter than everyone else and that's why she can see more in pete davidson you know no she is just a staten island townie but like she loves her town and wants to like do right by it and has dreams and ambitions 
but they're like extremely grounded dreams and ambitions. You know, they're not. Yeah. They're not like she doesn't want to be a fashion designer or like some unobtainable thing. She wants to, you know, work for the city and make it a better place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, so many other movies, they would make that decision of like she wants to be a magazine writer or an artist or something. And it's like, wow, you're really good. Kelsey, blah, blah, blah. But even to counter Maude Apatow's character, who is trying to get out and does want to go into the city, but she's like, no, this is my place. Like, kind of similar to Bill Burr's character, who's just like, this is my lot in life. I'm very, I fought hard for it, and I'm going to protect it. Yeah. But the other aspect of of that part of her character that that I really like is like, yes, she doesn't have the highest of ambitions. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but every time that she tells someone in this place about her ambitions of like, I want to make Staten Island like I want to make it better. Cool. I want to make it uh, yeah. like and everyone's reaction is just like, why? But Staten Island's great. It's already <laughs> Yeah. Great. Yeah. Like, it's... why would you why would you want to change it? Like, it's already good. Um, and mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, no, I just, I want to make it better. It's like, better how? Like, what, what, what do you like want? Defensive, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, it, it, but it's also, it's that, it's that thing that people have that when they meet an ambitious person and that person right. talks about their ambitions, they immediately get defensive because they're like, how dare you have ambitions? I don't have any. Hey, what are you saying? You're better than me? I don't have right, ambitions. Exactly. Have just yeah. instantly. And in this particular case, it's over the smallest of small ambitions. Yeah. Right? It'd be like if she was like, yeah, I want to be a dental assistant. And they're like, whoa, big shot dental assistant. Whoa. You know? Well, you think I need new teeth? You There's something wrong with my teeth? Like, <laughs> yeah. No, just... Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I just, there's something so charming and grounded and realistic about her character that I just couldn't get enough of. I loved it. Yeah. And it's worth, you know, he's we, 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 we've been talking about L.A. and California so much this season, but Ap- Apatow is a born New Yorker. Yeah. He, he grew up in Long Island. And so I feel like this maybe was, like, as much of a return to his roots as it was for Davidson. Yeah. And of, like, oh, this place, like... This kind of person, this this kind of language. Yeah. Do you think um do you think that the reason that Trainwreck and King of Staten Island is done in New York is be- specifically because he was in a New York mindset between girls and crashing and is Ooh. crashing New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. That's true. So like, that could be Yeah, it. like where he's just in that mindset and so like he's He's in New York already. So, like, those are the movies that he's writing. It's, like, New York-based movies. Yeah, Davidson's like, hey, I'm from Staten Island. Like, oh, I know that. Yeah. I know that energy. Yeah. Hell, yeah. yeah. Adam Sandler, also from New York. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was really charmed by uh, Bill Hader and Marissa Tomei's romance. Bill Burr. Not Hader. Bill Burr. Yeah. Damn. Switch. Um, yes, I was, too. Again, very grounded. Not mm-hmm. overly cutesy, just like, you know, two middle aged people like trying to trying to date. And I loved how like how uh, just like. Uh, I don't know, like it, it just felt like people have just been through this already. And so it just it, it's not 
Like, they're skipping all the bullshit, you know? Right, yeah. She's just like, are you flirting with me right now? And he's like, he was yeah. like, yeah, no, I am, I am flirting with you. Like, that's that's it's what this like is. Like a lot. Yeah, like what it a looks lot. Like. Yeah. Uh, in the commentary, Apatow talked about directing this scene and how he kept trying to, like, find ways for him to be, in Burr's character, to be, like, insecure and, yeah. like, awkward yeah. And like it wasn't working, and he was like, "Well, like, how would you like? What would you be insecure about? Like, I'm like, what would make you insecure?" And he's like, "I wouldn't. I'm not. I I I know how to talk to a woman. Like, I'm 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 confident. I know how to <laughs> fucking do it. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh, okay. Well, then do it. And then that's that's what worked. Is he just? Yeah. No, you know, that's he's great. Not Seth Rogen. Right. Right. And and that's the thing. It's like he doesn't need to be inse- insecure. Like he's 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 a fireman. And he's a fireman. He's got his shit together like he's not yeah, he's 54 years old he's already talking about retiring in a couple years like, yeah he's not he doesn't have anything to figure out yeah <laughs> yeah it it's like he's already gone through it because you learn about you know for the pamela adlin's character that you know he's not a perfect guy he, he has made mistakes and he has right. been like he he's made mistakes with people but he's like worked at it and i mean God, the, the scene where he like goes back to Marissa Tomei to apologize if he's like, look, like I exploded. Like there goes, you know, that, you know, resolution, New Year's resolution that I had. And you're like, oh, OK, like, <laughs> this is a real dude. Yeah. No, I, I love all that. I love how hard he's trying with yeah. Pete Davidson, despite the fact that you can sense in every scene that he's just like, why the, why the fuck do I have to do this? He's 24 fucking years old. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's a goddamn yeah. man. Why why do I have to talk to him like he's her fucking 10-year-old boy? Like, this is ridiculous. He takes her to a baseball game. Yeah, right. I just, I love that shit. Um, I, I just, oh. I, I, he's trying so hard, but he, yeah. you could tell it's just going against everything he believes inside his heart. Right. And it's not until he starts being honest with him that they actually build a relationship. Oh, that's true. That's really, yeah, yeah. Because, like, you know, he he sits him down at the at the restaurant and he's like, hey, like, I think I can make your mom really happy. He tries to, like, oh, I, you know, I used to work at a restaurant, too. Like, you know, girls used yeah. to come to the pizza place. And he's like, oh, I'm glad you got laid at your pizza joint, at your pizza job. Yeah. He just, you know? he, that's the thing. It's like, like, Pete Davidson's character, he just sees through everyone's bullshit. Because, mm-hmm. and that's, that is a, that is a true thing. Because Bethany has the same thing. You know, she lost her father. Um, uh, when she was, when she was younger and yeah, you just start seeing through people's bullshit because everyone is just shoveling bullshit at you. Cause they don't know what else to do. They don't know what else yeah. to offer you, but bullshit. And so you start yeah. seeing through it. And then once you, once you see the matrix code, it's like, it's all you see, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and so, he's so yeah, he's so like cynical towards like, you know, the morning after the baseball game, he's like, you don't think I knew what you were doing? You're so full of shit, man. You were just trying to butter me up and now you're trying to kick me out of my house. And like, you the you know that's not what Bill Burr's doing, but you can see it through Davidson's eyes and why he's so on defense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and yeah, and so, and it's and it's great because it's just like, you know, it's like when, when he's talking to the firemen and, and they like let slip a story about cocaine with his dad. And he's like, please yeah. tell me the cocaine story. Like everyone feeds me this like altruistic bullshit about him. I want to know the real guy because like it's impossible to live up to like the guy that everyone talks about. I want to hear the real shit. Tell me the cocaine story. Yeah. And it's like that yeah. that is what he thrives on is like reality and like the Mm -hmm. real real stuff and real people he doesn't want to be fed a bunch of bullshit and like it is it is difficult to go through life 
being that type of person because 90% of the world is absolute bullshit. It's small talk. It's like it's shit that just doesn't matter and it's just a waste of time. And it's like, can we just yeah. skip this and talk about like real shit? Like talk about, you know, and, and that's that's what I love because that is who Bill Burr is also. But he's like tiptoeing around it. You know, it's like the thing, like like the first scene with with him and 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 Marissa Tomei, where he where he's she's like, "Are you flirting with me?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm flirting a lot. This is what it looks like," and he's really <laughs> yeah. confident about it because, like, that is who he really is. It's like mm-hmm. he is a confident man who doesn't, you know, suffer fools and no, yeah, it, you know, and and is like, yeah, he he's he's just very real and he's not being that with with. Uh, with Pete Davidson, and he's seeing right through it, and that's what is so that's what frustrating to him. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's not trusting. And then once he's in his element, once he's living at the firehouse, and like they're getting drunk together, and he's letting him tattoo on his body, he's still like calling him like a fucking drug addict and all this other stuff. But there's yeah. just like this trust that's slowly building between. Well, the two and of I them. and I think that I think the pivotal scene is is the fight. Yeah. Um, you know, they get into this fight after after Pete Davidson goes and talks to Pamela Adlon about what it was like being married to him. And Pamela Adlon like says like he was a gambling addict when really he just he just he just made some bad investments. That's all. Yeah. Like, was it sixty minutes in? You gave a sixty minutes interview to my ex wife. What did, what did you think she was going to say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's so good. But I think that was that's the pivotal scene because that's yeah. where the real guy comes back out again. Yeah, because um, because sure. we saw him for a little bit, right? With with the tattoo when he first brings kid. his kid over. Yeah, right. That's when you see him for a second, but it goes away, and then it he comes thinks back he has to hide that. Scene. that. Yeah, it comes back in that scene, and I think the the biggest pivotal moment is that when he was like when Pete Davidson goes turns to him and says after after Marissa Tomei kicks them both out, he's like, mm-hmm. well, "What are we gonna do?" And he's like, "We." The fuck? There's no, there's no we. I don't give a shit what you do. Like yeah. you know, like we're done. Like I'm we're done. done. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to pretend to care about you anymore. Yeah, Bullshit. and then and then Pete Davidson has to like wander around town trying to find a place to stay. And I don't think that he would have ever went to the fire station had yeah. Bill Burr not had that response to him. If if Bill Burr hadn't been real with him in that moment. I mean, like I right. don't give a shit about you. You're an asshole. Uh, You've been an asshole to me since day one. You tattooed my kid. Fuck you. <laughs> I think one of my favorite lines of the movie is when he's like trying to defend his actions to Marissa Tomei. And it's like, look, like I know we had a fight. I threw him in the water. That was soft. It yeah. De-escalated. De-escalated. Uh, and he, I think even Belle Powley's character, like there's that scene where she finds out that he didn't invite her to the life event. <laughs> to the sister's yeah. graduation party and she's yeah. like okay fuck this i'm out like i'm, I'm gone like i don't need this and he's like right. oh no 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 please come back like i need you like and, and the thing that i love about that too is like you know he is he does genuinely love her like yeah. this whole time he loves her but he knows he has a lot of shit to take care of to figure out and so he's just not sure how to like operate at her level because she seems to have her shit figured out you know like she has mm-hmm. a dream and ambitions. It's that thing. But his reaction to her ambitions is different from everyone else's in town. His is just like, oh, my ambitions don't match hers and I don't deserve to be with her until they do. Yeah. And his mind, I mean, he says after they, they hook up at the, the first scene of the movie of like, I, I am doing you a favor 
I'm I'm bad. I'm not good. I'm broken. Right. I would just make you miserable. I'm doing you a favor. You don't want to date me. And right. she's like, that breaks my heart because like I I don't think that. I think you're really great. Yeah. And uh the oh, um I don't know, simple little tidbit. Speaking of the graduate. Oh, oh the uh the suit, the, the dad's suit broke my heart this time. Because oh, yeah. it's so obvious. So so you know they're going to Mod Apatow. Oh, and his her best friend, the Rich family, Kevin Corrigan, and yeah. from Pineapple Express. Uh, that is uh, Timothy Chalamet's sister, uh, oh. Pauline Chalamet. Wow. Okay. Interesting. The, but so he's like, you know, she's like, hey, you're going to your sister's graduation party. Like, wear your wear your dad's suit. And he's like, no, I don't want to wear my suit. And you think it's because he's like a stoner slacker who just wants to wear cargo shorts. But like, you're like, no, I don't want to wear my dad's suit yeah <laughs> like that was my dad's right and also like i don't i don't be- i don't deserve to wear it like i cause yes all you do is tell me that like he was this fucking saint um mm-hmm. and like i i'm not so like why would i why do you want me to literally step into his shoes yeah gosh yeah and he's like i don't and he like comes up with excuses because he doesn't know how to be vulnerable he doesn't he can't like right express that emotion to his mom so he he, he does like oh it's out of style or I don't want to or this is stupid, right. but yeah, um, but yeah, it, it, uh, uh, Kelsey's reaction to not being invited is so interesting too because he he does he, he like I said he genuinely loves her and he would never want to like upset her or like you know hurt her feelings. Mm-hmm. He genuinely thought. Why would anyone want to like it didn't even cross his mind <laughs> yeah. to invite her because he was like, why the fuck would she why would she want to come to this? I don't even want to be here. I don't want to go. Yeah. yeah. They're making me go. Yeah. So I'm not going to invite. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's so it's so like it, it's really just cute. The the miscommunication there because she's yeah. like, no, 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 it's a life, life event. event. And he was like, oh, I, I guess it is. I don't I didn't think of it that <laughs> yeah. way. Like what's a life event? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I thought the I thought the sibling chemistry between Maude Apatow and Pete Davidson was really good too. I just yes. the like the tension, the kind of like even like the little mo- like the quick awkward hugs that they give when she's like leaving, it's like, oh that that hits. Of, yeah. Like, I love yeah. you, I've known you my whole life, but also you're kind of a stranger to me and I don't really know how to right. talk to you. <laughs> right, right, right. Because we don't like hang out. Um the uh Except the when scene, they do. Uh, yeah, the scene the college party scene. Um, when she takes him to the college party and she's so excited to take him too. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was weirdly sweet. Yeah. Like consider it. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I could ever like, I don't know. Like, I was like, I don't know if I could ever do this with my little sister. Just like, right. Fucking. Well, I mean, he's, I mean, Pat, he's kind of a loser. Um, (laughs) you know, (laughs) oh man, that heartbreaking when they're on the, in, in like 40 seconds, he like talks himself out of wanting to go to college. Yeah. And like, you see it. It's like all there in that one scene of like, yeah. ah, but then I have to do this and I'm dumb and I'm already too old. He's 24. And he's right. like, I'm already too old. And she's like, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> um, the, uh, yeah, the scene, I, I, uh, the scene where she's packing and they're having that argument over like, well, no, you're luckier than me because you don't even remember dad. So, you get to be normal. And she's like, no, you're lucky because you actually have memories of dad. 
that was coming from a real place. And like Apatow speculated this, but he was like, I think you including that Davidson, you including that was kind of your way of honoring your sister's point of view. Yeah. Of like, I hear you. I get it. Why you see things that way. And I, you know, right. Which it just goes back to what you were saying of this, this movie, it feels like it has more skin in the game than, than other Apatow movies. It definitely does. It definitely does. Um, uh, so, so all the fire department stuff, yeah. um, I, I love all of it. Uh, mm. I love like him hanging out with the fire department is so the, like those, all of those guys is so interesting because it is like a companion to what he was like when he was hanging out with all of the, all of the other guys, all of the losers. Mm-hmm. But uh it's like healthy and it's it's like oh this is what friendship healthy is. camaraderie yeah healthy camaraderie Health- is actually supposed to be like yeah because like there's moments there's like you know like they prank him they like they they water hose him and they make yeah. him like but then as soon as the sirens go they're all business they get up they're on the job or like right. you know cleaning the truck or making sure the you know the oh the guy that he's like painting the line the yellow lines with yeah um, and he's like, that's our house. We want to make it look nice. That was a real firefighter and like friends with Scott Davidson and mm. like new Pete Davidson. Yeah. And, but yeah, it's like, that's healthy because it's like, they, they take pride in their work. Yeah. And in their house, in their space and the laundry uh, and cleaning the toilets. What was the deal with the, with the super ripped guy coming out of the shower? Oh, so, um, <laughs> well, he, I don't know if he's a real firefighter or not. Uh, I just got a just... vibe that there was something going on there that I was like that I I didn't know about because he did, I didn't sense like I didn't sense like real actor there. I sense yeah. like I, yeah I don't know yeah I don't um so but I do have a, a some an anecdote moment from the commentary that was interesting is like so in so in this scene, listener, uh, a firefighter, a jack to shit firefighter <laughs> comes holy shit <laughs> comes comes out of the bathroom. And he's like, hey, man, how's it going? And Pete Davidson's like, oh, hey, bro. And he's like, hey, I heard your, your I think his dad's name was also Scott in the movie. Um, uh, I don't remember. But he's like, hey, like, I knew your dad. Like, I, I, I appreciate you. Like, I'm honored, you know, honored to meet you. And he's like, oh, you don't have to be. You know, why are you, you know, like, uh, thank you for your sacrifice. And Davidson's like, all right, whatever. Um, in real life, Davidson came up to Judd Apatow and was like, Hey, I don't know if we need this scene. It's kind of like weird and random. Like why does, why, why do, why do I, I haven't sacrificed anything. Like why, why should he be on it to me? Me. And he's like, that's why this needs to be in the movie because you don't see that. Yeah. Like, you don't get that. You also made a sacrifice. Yeah. And so it's like yeah. this little, and I think that's the cool part about collaboration is like, Mm-hmm. He was able to see something that like, cause sometimes you don't see your own shit that you've done. You yeah. Know? Right. 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 Especially something that's completely passive. Sure. Yeah. 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 Like I didn't do anything, but no, you, you kind of, you're living with it though. <laughs> like yeah, you're... you were forced to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Buscemi's great in this. Buscemi is so good in this. And this is like, obviously he was a real fire, fire fireman. Uh, mm-hmm. in New York still is, I think technically, um, 
yeah, cleaned rubble on nine eleven. Pick picked yeah. up the rubble and yeah, yeah, yeah. real, real, real dude. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, I, but the thing that struck me was like one, just like the naturalism that he has in oh, this yeah. movie of being a fireman, right? Effortless, just so effortless. Yeah. Um, but also I was just like, fuck. He has really looked exactly the same for 30 years. You know, <laughs> really like, yeah. like everybody, everybody like says that about Paul Rudd, but like no one's saying it about Steve Buscemi because Steve Buscemi looks like Steve Buscemi, but he has looked like Steve like Buscemi Steve... for like 30, 40 years, like exactly right. the same. Like if so, you put a gun to my head and we're like, how old is Steve Buscemi? I, I'd be like, I fucking have no idea. I have no he idea. Be, I don't he know. Could be, he could be 48. He could be 78. Like, yeah. I, I I would believe any of it. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, like if you if you, if they showed you like a screen grab of like him and the Sopranos versus like him and this, you know, yeah, it would have to be like, well, there's a fire truck, so I guess that's King of Staten Island, you know. Yeah, he has a little more salt and pepper in his hair now, but like, yeah, but that's it. Uh, he look his face it, looks exactly the same. Uh, Bill Burr even kind of calls it out a little bit, where he's like, yeah, he used to be a coke guy. That's why he's so skinny. <laughs> yeah. Your face should be on a nickel in Bolivia. <laughs> oh, um, God. So that scene, you know, the, the you know, Buscemi's big scene when he's like telling Scott like stories about like, oh, yeah, your dad, you know, he was he, he's a crazy, he would, you know, do coke and he would like do all this crazy stuff. And then uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie where they're tr- drunkenly trying to sing to one headlight. Hell yeah. Uh, great and even that that's like that's like i I actually think that is the iconic moment of this movie no i agree it's it's like yeah it's like awkward and beautiful but funny yeah um and so that the use of that song ended up kind of being uh pointed or having meaning so uh davidson's parents in real life divorced and so davidson has this memory of like the year or so before his dad died whenever his dad would pick him up and they'd be driving in his car for some reason, like every time on the radio, one headlight would be playing. Huh. And so that kind of became like their song. Like when he hears it, he's like, Oh, that's me and my dad's song. Wow. And when Apatow heard that, he was like, Holy shit. When me and Leslie Mann, I, I say Leslie Mann, but she, I don't know why I have to call it still the full name, but like when, when uh, Leslie and I were driving to the Ralph's to get more pregnancy tests, because we did, one pregnancy test, and then they drove to Ralph's to buy a bunch of pregnancy tests, pretty much like that scene in Knocked Up. Yeah. One headlight was playing on, on in the car, and so he's like, that's me and Leslie's song. Wow. Like, we have no other song. Like, that's our song. And so they were like, oh, this has to be in the movie. Wow. Wow. That's great. That's great. Um, it's kind of All kismet, the fire department you know? shit is the best. It's so good. Yeah. Um, uh Jimmy Tatro from American Vandal, he's great. Yes, As like he's he's so fun. He's like you know he's like the little he's the rookie or whatever, and they're all yeah you could, shit. I love he that was whole, he was the yeah yeah that whole scene where that and it's such a Bill Burr scene of like yeah. them all giving him shit. And they're like, this is why like many millennials or whatever. He's like, I'm not a millennial, I'm not a generation. I'm a man. I'm a single man. <laughs> yeah. The bar at the baseball stadium. I have feelings. He like, <laughs> when he rips into like firemen shouldn't have families. You're all fucking selfish. And he's like, so should, should I not have kids? Like, no, you you can have kids. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Also, uh, low key great presence 
uh, in anything that he's ever in. Uh, uh, Dominic Lomb- Lombardozzi. Oh, he's great. Yeah. He's fucking the best. Uh, 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 Wilson Fisk's dad. That's right. Fisk yeah. Senior. Yeah. Um, I fucking I love this guy. Uh, whenever he shows he, up and stuff, and he's so he's in a lot it. of Sandler joints. Oh, is he? I feel like he's in like Here Comes the Boom. I know that's a oh. Kevin James movie, but yeah. like maybe I'm getting my my that guy's mixed up. But no, he's great. Um, yeah. yeah, man. <laughs> the the firefighting stuff also hit really hard. My uh, my older nephew, the twenty year old, wants to be a fireman, mm. and I think when I first saw this movie, that was like kind of a I want to be a fireman. And I was like, I remember watching the, you know, the fire scenes and I was like, Oh, I, I mean, we're, we've always been really supportive of him and proud of him, but like, kind of like, Oh man, I really, I kind of hope he maybe hope maybe this is a phase, but now it's three <laughs> years later and he's like going to school for it. And wow. And, and so I'm just like, Oh God, that's, Ugh. that's, uh, I, 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 uh, I envy people who are, like that focused on wanting to do something that's a public service like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, he's, I mean, it's just, that's so cool. Like that's, that's, that's really cool to like want to be a fireman and then to like become a fireman. Like that's do it. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're really, we're proud of him. And then like, but I mean like the, I mean, Buscemi says it of like heroes should heroes deserve to have families. Like, and I'm sorry that you, and and like yeah, the cost of that is that there is the potential for suffering, but right. in there lies the heroism in a way, right? Of, right. But it's a collective thing. I think it's 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 a it's a movie about a group of people, like Staten Island. It feels like alive. It, yeah, like he's the character. He's a dude on the poster, but he's connected to all of these different people. The fu- you know, fire department. The fire department is, yeah. in general is such an interesting thing. Because it is it is all of the best parts of the military and the police force without any of the toxic shit. Right? It's like... Because it's the camaraderie. It's that they always have each other's back. It's like they go to war together, right? And so, like, any fireman is, like... It doesn't matter where they are. It's like they hear that they're a fireman. And it's like, okay, he has my respect forever. It's like that sure. thing. The same thing that cops have and the same thing that like people in the military have. Oh, thank but you for your service. Of, yeah. Yeah. But none of the toxic bullshit that comes with toxic bullshit and like power garbage and like all of that is not part of this because it's just giving themselves to a thing to rescue people. They are very much there to protect and serve. That is literally their job as opposed to cops who claim to be that, but then also do all of this, this other shit that is about, right. You know, throwing so short as, as a, as a power fantasy. Yeah. It's like, like, it's like, you can't, you can't bully a fire, right? You can't slip drugs on a fire's back pocket. You can't, harass a fire's mom uh, you know like i, I think it maybe it comes down to that of like and there's an element there's something unavoidable oh this thing happened that was out of our control here come the firemen to like try to put it out and save us yeah that's like yeah and like they all live together in the barracks yeah in the firehouse yeah yeah. And I mean, I love that just because of Ghostbusters, obviously. But Of course. Yeah. That's why, <laughs> I'm sure that's, presumably, that's why they all do it. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> well, we can't be Ghostbusters. Can't fight ghosts, so I guess we'll fight fires. <laughs> well, there's no ghosts yet, so. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, all of the firehouse stuff is great, but it's really interesting because if in any other movie, and this is like the perfect example of the sort of five act yeah. structure thing, in any other movie, him sort of like low key, like working for the fire department, he doesn't join the fire department, but he's working for the fire department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would be. Something that would happen like early in the second act, and it's what the majority of the movie would be about. Yeah, it'd be the poster of like a bunch of firemen on one side of the poster, and then Pete Davidson being like, "Well, me, I can't yeah. live here." Yeah, that would be like what you would think a a, a three act movie would be, yeah. but instead it becomes like his trials as right. a human, yeah, of like learning what it took to be his dad and how. It's both more and less than he thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like he has the moment where he sees the fire and he sees the danger and like explosions in the sky is playing and he's like, oh shit. But then you also get the one headlight scene where like, no, your dad was a dumbass. He like did coke. He hung, he hung off a of car as he was, he got out of problems because he was so charming. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, okay. Like, and there's that scene where like Marissa Tomei is trying to like, hey, I, you know, your dad. What was it supposed to say? Your dad sat and watched cartoons with you when you were a kid because he was tripping off his ass. Like, right. I couldn't tell you that when you were a kid. Yeah. I didn't know how. Yeah. But it was kind of what he needed to hear in the end. Um, if you're ready, I also have an anecdote about the ending that yeah. kind of bookends the beginning of the movie. The ending of the movie was uh, uh, Iris Apatow's idea. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, Apatow, Judd Apatow told the story on the commentary. He was like, you know, letting Iris read the script. He was then 16 at the time. And she was like, well, what about what about Kelsey and Pete? Like, that's all I care about. Like, are they OK? <laughs> that's like, that's so cute. <laughs> and similar to Leslie Mann, Apatow was like, oh, I don't know, Iris, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, uh, so there are two alternate endings on the Blu-ray. Oh, um, neither of them are very good. He okay. unequivocally, he very similar. He was like, Oh, Iris is right. This, this is the ending of the movie. Um, so the first alternate ending is a kind of a quiet dinner breakfast scene where they're at the family table. Maude Apatow is home from college for a long weekend. And Pete Davidson is showing off some like sketches that he's doing in school. He's like got into art class. Hmm. And it's like, you know, he draws like a nude of a, of a dick and they're like, oh, it looks beautiful. And Bill Burr's like, yeah, I never thought I'd, I'd call a dick beautiful, but it's, it's a beautiful dick. Like, look at the shading of it. And, okay. Yeah. And sure. it, you know, zooms out. Yeah. And then the second alternate ending is even weirder. Um, he's walking the two kids to, oh, because yeah, so the chore that he he's given in the middle of the movie is like walk Bill Burr's kids to school. Right. And like, that's your responsibility. Oh, um. I think my favorite runner joke is how Pamela Adlon and Bill Burr, when the kids are wild, like, look, look both ways, look both ways. Yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I uh, will, I will say one runner that I wasn't a huge fan of is sure. everyone accusing him of being like a, a pedophile. Sure. Yeah. Like, like every time he like shows up with the kids, they're like, did he touch you? Did he? You can yeah. tell me. You can tell me the truth. Like, did he? Did he? Was he weird? Did he do weird shit with you? Um, like, even the teacher, which is like, he's dropping her off at school. Yeah. 
Like he's there? not trying I, to pick I, her up. He's I prepped her in the her van. She's not going to break. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. But like, yeah, like yeah, that that weird. that runner was a little that they 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 did it. I think a few too many times. I think it was funny <laughs> when Pamela Adlon did it the first time. But yeah, when the teacher creep? reciprocated it, I was like, this is too much now. Like, it kind of bends the reality a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he walks the kids to school. He gets a, he gets FaceTimed by Igor, who is like out of prison you find out that the girl that his sister the girl that you thought was catfishing him is a real person yeah and they're gonna move to ohio oh and the kids are like who's that like that's ah, that's my friend igor uh, i'm probably never gonna see him again he's moving to ohio and then he goes to show and tell and he shows his dad's fire helmet and he's like what who do you and he, he's like teaching the kids about what a fireman is and then it ends with him like freaking out and like playing with the kids in the kindergarten class. That is fucking bizarre. That is yeah. a terrible ending for this movie. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck does Absolutely. any of that mean? Jesus. And and instead we get, you know, his big heroic moment. Well, Bilber drops him off and he's like, go get her. Like, you know, do it. Do your thing, man. And just is there for Kelsey and like helps yeah. her study. Yeah. And the it, problem with the other two endings is that they aren't about him. One is about the family and right. one is about his dad. Yeah. And it's neither are about him. It doesn't have anything to do with him. He was already mm-hmm. doing what he was, you know, he was already drawing pictures. He was already uh, walking the kids to school, you know, like that's true. Yeah. yeah they, they like it wasn't it's nothing new. Um, and so like, yeah, I love this because it is about him, about like Mm -hmm. his, like what he's doing to change and how, how he's changed. Those other things aren't like him changing so much. No, for sure. And like, yeah. And he, and it's so understated. It's like, it's as powerful and moving as like the ending and train wreck was like, but also like so much more realistic and human of like, no, it's kind of what you were saying last week about the sideways ending. Yeah. Like. No, it's enough that he just, he had enough, I'm going to go, I'm going to meet her, and I'm going to, I'm going to get on the ferry with you, and I'm going to say, like, I love you, and then when she's like, hey, it's going to be three hours, but it would mean a lot to me if you were waiting for me, and he's like, yeah, no, I'll I'll be here. Yeah, and he he wandered down the street and somehow found himself in an SNL SNL audition, and... Oh my God, who is that? He's so tall. History was made. Hello. Yeah, no, it's it's funny you say that, like, because like they, um, well, for, for, I, I have to say, I think the greatest, the last shot of this movie might be the best shot in Judd Apatow's career. It's Pete Davidson looking up at the New York skyline, hopeful, but a little not like you know bold chested, but he's like optimistic, and in the left corner of the frame, as part of the New York skyline, you see the Freedom Tower. Mm-hmm. So it's like two living, two physical testaments, monuments in different ways to the aftermath and the rebuilding of New York in the wake of nine eleven. Yeah, and I, I, and this, yeah. I, I also, I just, I love that too because it's like, it's just they don't pull, they don't like pull focus to it because yeah. because in the movie Scott's dad didn't die in 9-11 he just died in a building fire yeah um, a roof collapsed and right yeah. right so so like you know it doesn't it doesn't mean anything to the character 
Mm-hmm. It's all about the sort of like meta text, and then you know you fade directly in from that to you know for Scott Davison and in loving memory his, of yeah yeah in his photo. Um, it's great, and it's funny you say though like and and then he he got on Saturday Night Live yeah because uh, like a big problem or something that Apatow was worried about he's like ah oh, people are going to be worried like is Scott going to be okay is right. what happens to him because you know there's no big like. I'm going to do this or whatever, you know, it just right, kind of ends. Right, but right. then he's like, oh, by saying in loving memory of Scott Davidson, it's saying like, no, Scott's going to be fine because Pete's fine. Right. Right. Like, Pete made this movie. Right. So right. like we, we know that he got his shit together enough to like process his trauma and his shit to like make this piece of art. Right. And so by pulling us back into reality, it's sort of, we get the catharsis that we, weren't able to get through like this kind of fictional avatar of, of Pete Davidson. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is truly <laughs> a, a, like a brute, a beautiful movie. Like it's really, really well done and, you know, makes you uncomfortable in all the right places and makes you laugh in all the right places. Like it's, it's really good. It's a really yeah. good movie. <laughs> yeah. If, 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 you know, our listeners, uh, if you've been like any way you listen to the show, we're so grateful. But yeah. um, if you've been like just li- enjoying the show, but not checking out the movies because some of them haven't sounded like, I don't know if I want to watch this <laughs> two and a half hour. Okay. Movie. Yeah. Um, give this one a shot. Yeah. 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 No, this is, this was really, really excellent. And I just love it as I wish it was the end of our miniseries. Cause it's, it's yep. Judd Apatow. Like, reaching finally touching the thing that he's been reaching for mm-hmm. all like, this, his entire directorial career yeah that robert altman slice of life yeah. like gritty and and it's super think, focused right yeah i was i think that's another big thing that this thing has on train wreck is it's it just doesn't really it's focused it never yeah. really leaves it's it's a gaze too often to go okay now it's a postmodern romantic comedy okay now it's a character piece about this this woman going through some stuff it's like no we're we're gonna stay here yeah oh god it's really so, good yeah. king of staten island's really fucking good it's a great movie it's really good i hope but i think i, I think hope. that a lot of people judge it more harshly or or don't have interest in it because i think that um pete davidson is a lot like late 90s early 2000s leonardo dicaprio right now sure yeah, yeah where yeah. people are just like oh, fuck this guy i i hear way too much about him i mean literally i mean not to not to not to co- completely call them out but you know uh R- ripley was the a guest on on dueling genre tonight and we watched the trailer for bup kiss and they were just like i have zero interest in this i don't like pete davidson and i didn't want to yeah. get into like why don't you like pete davidson because <laughs> i don't want to put them on the spot but like sure. I, I have a feeling that it's just because, like, yeah, because, you know, he's the guy that is, like, with some new, uh, you know, famous woman, and there's paparazzi photos, and he's annoying, and I hear that he's, like, kind of a dick, and, like, you know, all these things that, like, really don't have any bearing on, like, why you should like a performer, you know? Sure, yeah. It's like when the reputation is like, oh, it's like there's always has to be an actor that every everyone's boyfriend just hates. Yeah. Right. And like, yeah, it was DiCaprio for a while. And then it's like, no, DiCaprio is the fucking shit, dude. He was in the Revenant. He got inside of a bear or something. <laughs> yeah. And like, God, I think did you, did you hear they're going to fucking make the Revenant too. No. About what? 
Yeah. I saw that. I saw that somewhere. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I was seeing, maybe I don't know what I was seeing. Maybe it wasn't like a real thing because I didn't see it like reported on slash film or anything, but like I, I saw something that they're like developing the Revenant to because apparently the guy that he's based on like went through a lot of shit, not just that one time. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Oh man. Cause like, you know, spoilers for the Revenant. He, I don't know. He dies at the end, right? Does he? I thought he died at the end. I don't remember. I hated that movie. Sure. If there was ever a yeah. uh, not very Scott Corelli movie, uh, The Revenant. That's true. Top. Though I yeah. do, I do love, I do love, I do love what's his name saying? Pails. Oh, oh, Tom Hardy? Yeah, Tom Hardy saying Pails. <laughs> yeah, if great, great Tom Hardy weird voice. If you're a fan yes. of weird Tom Hardy voices. That was the height of Tom Hardy weird voice, I think. Because mm-hmm. that was like right around Venom. And that's right. Yeah. I found a squirrel. I grilled that son of a bitch. I'll put you in my pipe. <laughs> it's the best. Oh, man. Okay. Real person. Oh, uh, um, yeah. Anyway. But, yeah. But no, I, I, I wish Davidson the best, both personally and professionally. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, we'll find the pop culture will always have a, a whipping boy. You know, I think the individual just has to, like, batten down the hatches and survive it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah the the article that I found was posted three days of this three days ago as of this recording. Okay, I'll and, I'll, I'll look into that. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be cool if he was actually a, a revenant. If he was actually like a spirit, that'd be cool. Oh, interesting. Um, but in any event, we have no choice now but to uh, watch the bubble. Yep, in one I'm, week, uh, return here week. and uh, find out was the bubble were better or worse than Spy Kids Four? <laughs> Is will this be the worst movie we've covered on the show? Yeah. That being said, though, I am gen. I'm hung. I really want to figure out like why you know the My, why of it. If I'm gonna guess, can I guess? Okay. Please. I'm going to guess, and we'll see what your research comes up with. But my guess mm. is that. COVID happens and all of like and Leslie Mann and all of his buddies, all of his friends, all of his actor buddies are so fucking bored out of their mind. And so he mm. writes a movie for them to all star in about what they're going through. That sounds that's a good theory. That's my guess. My guess is that it was just like everyone was bored out of their minds. And so he's like, I'll solve that problem and just whip something up. And they they went and, and made it for Netflix. Yeah, because like, I mean, the turnaround is nuts. I mean, like Scott said at the beginning, there's like almost a half decade gap. No, there is a half decade gap between Trainwreck and this. Yeah. And like maybe a year between King of Staten Island and the bubble. And the bubble came out in 22, like spring of 22. Yeah. And it was a surprise. Remember? No one knew what it was. The marketing, we were just like, what the fuck is this terrible looking movie? Why would they all sign up for this? And then it was like, ah, we got you. It's a Judd Apatow movie about the, the making of this movie. It's it's fake. That's even worse. It's a real movie about a fake movie. <laughs> Those are always great. Yeah. God. Oh. And the reviews were scathing. Oh, my God. Yeah, for me to have not watched a new Judd Apatow movie. For you to not have watched a new Ap- Judd Apatow movie. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. It's going to be. But maybe. 
Yeah. It was all worth it, though, because now we get to have, go on this adventure together for the first time. It's very true. It's very true. Like, it wouldn't be uh, as fun if I already knew it was really bad. That's know? true. That is true. You're right. You're right. So this is going to be an experience for everyone, for, <laughs> for, for you, for me, and for the audience. Next week, Franchiseography takes on The Bubble. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.